Do, 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 18. I am your host, Jackson. I'm here with my co-hosts, um, Nicholas and Sean. What's up? <laughs> and um, we have an incredible guest today. Alex, hello. Alex Hi. Phillips, hello. Thanks for Basically, having me on, guys. Great to have you here. Basically, to start it off, tell me a little bit about who Alex Phillips is. If you so I am top 10 in the world in professional long drive. And that's kind of like the big thing that I do. I do a lot of charity and corporate appearances right now because um, the entire season got canceled until the world championships. Yeah, um, wow. But I also play as well. So I'm on the Symmetra tour. Oh, that's I, very yeah. cool. I have both sides going. Um, would you say you spend more time on your long drive aspect or your professional golf career? Um, the thing about long drive is you can only practice for about 45 minutes because, oh, okay. I mean, you're swinging. I don't go full 48. I only had a 47-inch shaft. But at my size, it's a lot of effort to swing those clubs. Yeah. And so, and your swing hard like you can practice putting for a couple hours you know whereas like you can only hit so many drivers so the time aspect i definitely put more into the other 13 clubs Mm -hmm. yeah but that's the big difference i mean long drive is just it's it's a lot harder than (laughs) practicing you know chip shots shorter shots you're just swinging as hard as you can (laughs) so what are like your long-term goals within golf? Like, do you want to focus more on long drive long-term or are you more focused on playing professionally? I can figure out how to make some putts. I really want to focus <laughs> on playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the long drive is awesome. It's fun. Um, and it gives me a huge advantage when I'm playing, um, especially in women's golf, you know, playing 64 to 6,700 yards, having a, Average 300-yard drive helps a lot. Um, so I'm hitting a lot of wedges. Par threes, I'm hitting a lot shorter clubs in. Um, so I do have that advantage coming from long drive into playing golf. Um, but I had a weird transition. Uh, most girls, you know, play college, um, turn pro, and then later on get into long drive. I kind of did the opposite. I played college. I got out of golf completely. Um and then I got back into long drive and now I'm playing. So I kind of had that, that backwards go. Um, so it's, it's definitely a little different look at it for me, but I like both and hopefully I can continue to play. Um, but, and the fact that long drive, you know, we have one competition all year. So it'll be <laughs> an interesting season with the, the whole Corona thing. Yeah. Um, would you say that, well, first of all, actually, I'm curious, what was your, what's been your best finish so far uh, on the world long drive circuit? So I started in 2015, I went to my first world championships and I got top four at the world championships my first year. Um, since then, um, you know, there's been some more competitions. The Golf Channel bought the long drive tour, so it's kind of become mm-hmm. a little bit more known. Um, I've kept my top 10 ranking for the past five years. That's awesome. Which... At my size, I'm the smallest competitor. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Um, not saying big and tall people are always going to win, but they do have an advantage in the sport of long drive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I um, 
but at the same time, Dude, you are so annoying. <laughs> so I've kept that top 10 ranking, which has been great. Um, I got, I won an event. I won the, um, I won an event in Mesquite. I've gotten top two. I got Mesquite, Clarkson Canyon 2018. And then I, I got that second place finish there. And then I didn't compete for almost two years. I didn't compete from April of 2018 until worlds of 2019 so april until october of 19 so a year and a half that i didn't compete in long drive um so yeah it's kind of i kept that top 10 ranking but it's i've kind of had a weird uh schedule with it yeah is there a reason you didn't compete like was it an injury or were you just kind of burnt out no it was actually um i was kind of focused in playing getting ready for q school um and the long drive schedule just did not fit with my schedule. Um, one, the next event after Mesquite was in Atlantic City, New Jersey, which I heard was an awesome place. Unfortunately, it was the day after my dad's birthday, and uh, I had already committed to spending time with my family that weekend. And so I tried my best. I physically could not get from, we were on a cruise for my dad's birthday. I could not get from there to Jersey in time there was one flight it was like a it was in red eye it was like a 13 hour travel and then it was still in it like if we had flown to like an actual city like long drive just has this habit like in tennessee we're in like kingsport tennessee which is in the middle of nowhere like go to nashville where there's an actual airport <laughs> yeah. and same thing happened in Atlanta city and just my schedule just didn't work out um i wanted to continue to compete but i had already committed like there was another event i believe it was the tennessee one um, I already committed to this awesome charity event I've been doing for a few years, and I just I physically could not get from that event to the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Yeah. But. So, nope. Sorry. Oh no. Be, so being like the shortest in the field, where do you credit like your power um, from? Um, two things. One, I was a gymnast when I was younger, so I grew up with a lot of strength, and I kind of. I've kept that. I got into powerlifting when I wasn't playing golf. Um, I hit 300 on my squat and dead. And so um, I, I, I'm super strong. And then I have a really good golf swing. It's really efficient. So um, that's, you know, good equipment and an efficient golf swing is kind of how I get away with it. Um, if you watch a lot of the girls I compete with that are bigger than me, they have what looks like kind of a, a um, compact swing their hands are a little bit lower whereas I cheat and I put my hands higher so being shorter but the higher hands I'm able to kind of still have that radius in the golf swing where I can gain some club head speed so I kind of I kind of cheat physics a little bit um, but if I have a great golf swing I put a lot of effort into it and uh, that strength that I've just kind of always had and kept up has been big is is there a big difference between your long drive swing and like your normal driver swing during a round it's not huge for me. Um, if you look at my long drive swings, I don't go really past parallel. I don't super exaggerate it, um, but it is faster. On the golf course, I only swing at about 105 miles an hour club head speed, um, whereas in long drive, I'm pushing about 116, 117. Um, yeah, so that's that's a big difference is I do get a lot faster. Um, I get a little bit longer in the back swing, but not excessively um i kind of have that female shorter swing anyways so going just too parallel is long for me um and so that's i mean the big part is just you know that smash factor and just being efficient with the right equipment 
Um, how did you originally get into long drive? So it was actually a funny story. I was at the PGA show. Um, I was the assistant coach of college at the time and I've always been long. I was long in high school and college and you know, there's not a lot of girls that keep up with me. I mean, I'm top 10 in the world now. And I, I have that resume, but at the time I was just like, yeah, I hit the ball far and I'm sitting on the range at the PGA show at the demo day. And this chick next to me is like keeping up with me, if not out hitting me. And I'm like, who is this? Like, <laughs> you know, we both were kind of giving each other like, who's this girl? Um, ends up being the 2013 world champion, um, oh, wow. Heather LeMaster and now Heather Manfreda. Um, and we kind of did that, like, who are you? And she started talking to me about long drive and ended up, she lived in Sacramento when I was in Reno at the time. And we kind of started practicing together and she's, I actually competed my first time with her old equipment. And so she was the one that really talked me into competing. Oh, very cool. Awesome. So you're, you're West Coast? Yes, born and raised uh, in Nevada. Oh, Nevada. Very cool. So <laughs> if I were to say the word Oregon, is that weird to you? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost as bad as people saying Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two things I, I do for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um we actually just had um this guy named alex romo on our podcast and i college together yeah i was gonna say i believe you guys went to the same school um how how would you describe your like kind of college golf career golf game or where it was at at that time compared to now so college was awesome. Um, we were one of the only schools that our coach coached both the men's and women's teams. Oh, very so cool. We got to practice with the boys a lot, which was a lot of fun oh. for us. Um, especially me, I always tended to have just the wrong schedule. And so I would end up with the boys team a lot more than the girls, um, which is fine. I grew up practicing and playing with guys. So it was fun for me. Um, college was great. We had seven freshmen come in my seven, my freshman year on the wow. girls' side, um, <laughs> out of 10 girls, <laughs> that was a lot. Um, so we had a definitely an interesting team team relationship. Um, I ended up tying for first place in freshman year in an event, and I, I did pretty well in college. I ended up having a knee surgery and um, took a while to recover from that, and that's kind of my, my last two years in college kind of uh, – Sorry, my puppy's seven months old, and she's still oh, a lot of energy. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> uh, she's usually pretty good, but um, this is also usually when I take her on a walk, so she's kind of just wandering. Um, yeah, so college was, I mean, I loved my experience in college. Coach was awesome in that he let me keep my swing coach back home. He let me kind of practice when and where we could. Um, I went to college originally for an engineering degree. I ended up not getting an engineering degree because that was too much work. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was very lucky. I ended up moving out with my best friend on her property just a little bit south of San Luis Obispo in Avila Beach. I lived a quarter mile from the water on 58 degrees. Oh. <laughs> I, I spent half as much on rent as I did sharing an apartment the year before. I was so spoiled in college. <laughs> so, I mean, I had a great experience. Um between the amount of practice, the great golf courses we got to play, and then the the crowning jewel, we got to play Cypress Point as our senior day. Oh, so that, awesome. yeah, a little awesome. bit spoiled, but that was an awesome experience. Yeah, that's that's incredible. 
Yes. <laughs> I've now played, I think, everything on the peninsula. That was kind of the last one I needed to. Um, I mean, if you guys ever get out to Monterey, you have to do it. I've had some great experiences out there. Uh, love all the golf courses out there. So um, that was just, you know, a kind of icing on the cake of finishing college golf. So going to Cal Poly, um, I ask this question to everyone who goes to Cal Poly. Um, uh, I'm a big David Nawaba fan. I don't know if that rings a bell. He probably doesn't. Or it does. Um, any David Nawaba stories or were you a David Nawaba fan as well? I don't have any stories with him, no. <laughs> I wish I did. But of all of our good alumni, like you could bring up John Madden. You could bring up Ali Yankovic. Bring up Nawaba. Really? <laughs> he's, a, he's a big David Nwaba fan. I mean, what else is there to say? Is it because he you know, played for the Bulls? Chicago, Chicago Cubs, but that's all right. No, I, unfortunately, yeah, right? I any stories with him, but <laughs> at least you know Cal Poly. Yeah. yeah we're big Cal Poly fans. The only... Oh, I thought you were going to elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, um, you, just, you started to elaborate, then just completely. And then just stopped. It was even better to watch your face as you were doing that. Um, but I guess back to uh, college golf, a little, moving on a little further, what has helped you improve your game since college, would you say? Um. The biggest thing recently is I got a new swing coach. Um, Brian Pate is the director of instruction up at Marta's Camp in Truckee, which is an awesome golf course. Um, and I've known Brian a long time. He's kind of become a family friend. But he was the assistant pro to um, the head pro at the time who was, who was my swing coach. Uh, he ended up becoming the general manager, and he doesn't really teach anymore. So I kind of went through a few coaches in the past couple of years. A few coaches. I went through a lot of coaches <laughs> trying to find someone that I really liked. Um, I, I just didn't really mesh with it. I took a little bit bits and pieces from every coach that I was with. Um, and, but Brian I started working with last summer, and he has really been influential in my game um, to where, you know, I'm still able to compete in long drive without world last year. Um, I'd been working with Brian for four months right before Q school. We started preparing together. Um, and I ended up not making it through the second stage. So I was like, I'm going to go to Worlds. He goes, cool, swing fast. I'm like, great, thanks, Brian. <laughs> but my swing was good enough that I could do that. Um, the World Championships, I actually found out two days before, um, Friday night, we called. One of the girls ended up getting hurt, unfortunately. But it's easier for them to spill the spot than it was to rearrange the pool play. So I got a flight out that night, competed the next day. Um, but I, I really attribute a lot of that because – Brian has my swing in such a good place. Um, he also started working with uh, a lot of stats and stuff. So he got me doing decade, which is huge for me. Um, we're starting to notice a lot of patterns we didn't notice before. I mean, I know I needed to work on my short game, obviously. But we're starting to notice that there's very specific parts of my short game that we need to work on. Um, and that's something that we've just never really done. It's like, it's always been work on your short game, work on putting and stuff. But we started to notice with decade that my putting, like, from four to six feet is pretty good, but from eight to 10 feet, it's not. Um, that's kind of a, like that number is just like below PGA Tour average by a lot. It's not even close. And so that's the kind of things that we're starting to notice is there's very particular patterns. And that's something no other coaches really worked with me on. They're like, yeah, keep your stats. And then just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and, and we started, especially with how in depth we were getting, we started to notice that I hit more, fa- more greens from the left side of the fairway for whatever reason. I think my brain likes the view from that side and I've always hit a cut. So I'm always hitting from the right side of the fairway. So that, that's a, that's a disconnect, right? So, you know, do we go to a draw? So I'm hitting from the left-hand side. That's the kind of conversations that we're starting to have that we're really starting to get into these patterns and starting to not only work on the weaknesses, but work in very specific spots. Um, and that's been a big thing for me um, working with Brian, but also just since college, since coaching and kind of getting more particular with my own game, um, getting a little more specific with my practice, not just like work on wedges. Yeah. <laughs> we're working um, a little more specific sections. I, Sean, I know you got a question you want to ask, but how has, have you been able to like with um, Corona and this quarantine, have you been able to continue to practice or has it been kind of hard, especially with your coach? And It's not it, as bad as Chicago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, unfortunately we were closed down for three weeks. Um, oh, and so that was the longest I haven't touched my golf clubs since probably middle school. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I had, I set up a net in my backyard, but there's only so much you can do with that. Um, you know, I mean, it was kind of nice to get kind of away from it for a minute. The, the unfortunate part was I wanted to get over to Arizona to work with my coach because he was down there for the, for the winter season. Um, my dad had some complications with the knee surgery, so I, I really couldn't leave town. Um, I'm the only one that doesn't have like a real nine to five job. So I'm able to help him. <laughs> um, but it, so yes and no with that Corona, I was kind of able to keep it up, but at the mm-hmm. same time, um, that just like coexisted with the knee surgery and yeah. didn't really get to practice. Um, yeah. so kind of, which really sucked because after worlds, I took some time off preparing for the Monday qualifiers and I finally had my game in a good spot. I went out, I shot 66, 68, 67. I was getting wow. ready. I was heading over to Phoenix to go to that first Monday. Um, I was literally packing my car and I got the email from the LPGA that they're canceling it. And I was like, oh. cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, that was really rough that my game was really in a good spot. I was really yeah. excited for the beginning of the season. Um, and now they're not doing any Monday qualifiers. So I've really, like the Corona, not only has it like the last three weeks, no golf, it's also destroyed my entire plans for the season perfect <laughs> yeah, <right>? super excited <laughs> about that. So yeah it's, it, it's it's brutal that sucks when do you um when do you think you'll start getting back on that grind the the worst part now is that because everything's been postponed everything's postponing and rescheduling over each other so uh. Like two of the events I really wanted to play in were the Colorado and the Texas State Opens. They're both great events for the women's side. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado is one of the biggest purses, and Texas um, winner gets an exemption to an LPGA event. Oh wow! Both great events. Yeah. Both scheduled on the same day this oh. year. <laughs> <laughs> There's Man. not that many events for us to play in, and. Uh-huh. Now they're all doubling over each other. Now there's no Monday qualifiers, so that takes out all of that option. Like it's. Mm-hmm. The, the domino effect of what's happening now is is worse than the quarantine time off, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's that's just absolutely horrible. Which, um, when when is that? Um, so it's June 2, 3, 4 in Texas and June 3, 4, 5 in Colorado. Oh, wow. Literally the <laughs> have, same place. <laughs> have you decided which one you're playing in yet? I have like two days before the um, 
before the applications are due in Colorado. So I'm still working on it. Um, I'm very lucky in that I have random friends and family everywhere. My mom has six sisters, so I can't, I <laughs> tend to go where I have somewhere to stay. Um, mm-hmm. really helps the budget. Um, my best friend lives in Dallas and so I have her house. Um, but I don't know that golf course. They moved the venue this year. Um, last year was at Firewheel. I made a check there. It was nice. But this year they moved the venue. So I don't know the golf course. Colorado, on the other hand, I missed the cut last year. But I know that golf course. I used to work with a coach at that course. So I there's pros. I see the dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough decision. Yeah, I'm really trying to decide. I'm from Reno, so I'm good at playing at the altitude. Um, so that's not an issue for me going to Denver. But Dallas has the exemption if you win. But the yeah. purse is bigger in Colorado. But I have a caddy that would be willing to help me out in Dallas. Like, I keep going yeah. back and forth. So, no, I haven't decided because I don't know. And I'm really bad well, at questions. That's why I'm single. How are the how are the mountains in Colorado? <laughs> I, I hear they're pretty big. That would be a selling point to me, I'd say. The mountains. I hate snow oh i do not like skiing i got hurt snowboarding in seventh grade and i have yet to go to a mountain since so i cannot help you with that question (laughs) i'm the worst i grew up skiing and snowboarding and um only because my best friend did it and so me and him would go all the time i hated it i hate being cold i hate being like i like skiing if i could ski like in a t-shirt that's like pretty good and now i'll go if i can like drink wine and sit in the clubhouse, like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. lodge in <laughs> the clubhouse. Um, no, I, I don't. Um, I uh, live in Vegas where it's 124 degrees because <laughs> <laughs> I don't do cold anymore. <laughs> but it's beautiful if you ever go to Dallas. It's beautiful. Or Denver. Denver. <laughs> um, so this is a little bit of a shift, but when I was doing my research on you, I noticed that you were on Morning Drive a few years ago. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like? That was a very interesting experience. It was awesome being on with Charlie Reimer. Um, unfortunately, the day we filmed was the day that Arnold Palmer passed away. Oh, wow. So it was a very interesting time to be at the Golf Channel. Wow. Uh, oh my yeah. God. Um, as you guys know, he, he started the Golf Channel. He's such a big part of golf. Um, and so I was supposed to go on live with Charlie Reimer. Um, unfortunately, they called me and they're like the day before. They're like, hey, everything's changing. Can you be here? And we'll film before, and then it'll air like two days later. And I'm like, yeah, totally. So I had just flown into Florida three hours ahead of me. I had to be at the Golf Channel at 3.30 in the morning to film before they go live at 5. I drink like a pot of coffee a day. Do you know how hard it is Like, get that much caffeine in your system before 3.30 in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) Which is actually like 12.30 my time. So I was like, you should not sleep yet. Like it was, Like the amount of effort it took to film that was a lot, um, but it was awesome. I love the Golf Channel. Um, they did they did a really cool story on me and my sister about a year before that. Uh, we're the only sisters that compete in long drive, um, and so I, yeah, so it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. They came out. They filmed. Um, it was weird. I went to the gym and had like a little camera crew. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is weird. Um, but yeah, so the. Golf Channel with Charlie was awesome. It was a great experience, but but it was definitely an interesting time to be there. Um, that's that's what I remember was it was just kind of quiet. I mean, I worked in morning news for a year, so I know what morning news should look like, and that's it's not what it is. Wow. It's definitely a different experience. Were you kind of like that? The that kind of 
sucks for you in a way, right? Like, I mean, it sucks for everybody, but like that's just crazy timing for you. Um, it was not great timing for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, that was my one my one chance to be on the golf channel, and it yeah. kind of got thrown under a little bit. Um, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, you know, it, it was also a cool time to be there. You know, yeah, a lot sure. of people, you could tell the people that are there because they're in news and the people that are there because they're in golf. Um, you could tell kind of how people were responding to the mm-hmm. news and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, it was definitely an interesting time, especially because at that time I had just gotten out of working in morning news. I knew I knew what to be expecting, and mm-hmm. it just it was different. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, it was also really exciting to go there. Um, Golf Channel is just awesome. I just read a book called "Cover Me, Boys, I'm Going In" by Keith Hirschland. He was the original producer at the Golf Channel, also from Reno. So, like that book is really cool. It, like starts in Reno, like talks about the golf mm. courses there, and I was like, oh, I know all these. But then it goes into producing the Golf Channel, and so like it was really cool that I had just finished that book, and then you know like the stories with Arnold Palmer in that book and stuff, and then everything there, like everyone was like telling stories, and there was all this stuff going on about about Arnold Palmer, and I mean it was a cool time to be there. But yeah, career-wise, I was like kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I was only in Florida for a couple of days. I didn't really have time to move that experience. Um, so for me, it was kind of it was interesting, but it it was also cool. You know, I, I love history. I love I love the history of golf. I've gotten some awesome experiences. Um, you know, that was not awesome, but it was it was an interesting experience. Yeah. Um, I got to play Pebble Beach with Gary Player as my partner. The stories I got from him was amazing. Aww. You know, we're walking down the seventh hole and he's telling me, oh, back in, and he's like telling me all these stories and it was great. <laughs> and um, I got to play Cypress in the preserve and, you know, I got to play Waverly Country Club, the oldest country club west of the Mississippi. I've, I've gotten like a lot of really cool experiences. And that's, you know, that's one that no one else has that. No one else was a- around to film on the Golf Channel the day that yeah. that history that part of history was kind of coming to an end. Yeah. Wow. That is just, that's <laughs> that was a lot of information I threw at you guys. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> now I don't know if I should cry or be happy. Or, um, that's kind of how I felt the whole time, you know? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> we were all like, yes, it was a sad day, but at the same time, like he's done so much like mm-hmm. for golf, for sports you know, before, before Arnold Palmer, there were no big sponsorships like that, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, he was one of the big ones, especially in golf, obviously, but, but a lot of sports grew because of him and because of the big three, you know, a, a lot of people talk about Tiger and obviously he's a huge part of what golf has become, but Arnold Palmer was like the first one to like on a John yeah. Deere, and be like, I'm getting paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's, I, that's, that's a, that's the way you put it like that. That is very cool that you got to be there, um, on that day. Um, I, I don't know how to shift. (laughs) I don't know how to shift to this question. Yeah, the uh, our our finishing our finishing couple questions are a little, little on the goofier side. I'll go. I got it. I got it. Um. So, like, kind of bouncing off the whole Arnold Palmer, um, you know, Arnold Palmer, great drink. What's your favorite golf snack? <laughs> golf snack? 
Yeah. <laughs> that was just a right well, turn, Jesus. <laughs> I here's here's a better scenario for you. So you just you just played you just you're we're playing golf, okay? You're playing golf. And you just par nine straight holes. You you six six greens and rag six fairways. So you know, it's you're kind of upset, right? You're kind of like, hey, I should be I should be one or two under. You're Are looking you to going get with sacks here, or am I like talking about no. what kind of whiskey I'm drinking at this point? <laughs> what I'm saying is you head to the turn, you're even par, but you're kind of PO'd. What what you need energy. What bev, what food are you going to go with at the turn? Am I in a tournament? Can I no, drink? No, <laughs> no, no, you're, you're just with friends, but you're just kind of like, hey, I should at least be like one under just because like I'm playing good today. Right. Um, my go-to is um, in a situation like that is going to be a Tito's and soda oh, with an orange. <laughs> it's like summer. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm actually the worst on the golf course. I eat like every hole. Like I don't uh-huh. know how I don't weigh 400 pounds. I have, like, <laughs> people that play with me, like they're like, "Where is this food coming from?" And I'm like, I, "It's just it's in the bag." Like I what literally food? continue to eat. I do a lot of protein bars, a lot of beef jerky, a lot of oh yeah, bars, um, just everything that doesn't melt and uh-huh. I can munch on like I don't want to feel full but I'm just gonna munch, yeah. and munch because that's you know four hours out there I'm gonna eat for three and a half of them <laughs> <laughs> um how about hot dog or hamburger hamburger okay 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 especially if it's a bison burger Oh, bison burgers are good. Ooh, yeah, I like bison burgers. Oh my gosh, I made one the other night. It was so good. I, <laughs> I should be 400 pounds. Like how I cook. <laughs> Nick, I know you want to ask this next question. I got a couple. Oh. Yeah, what's I know you favorite? want to ask yeah. this too. Yeah, what's your favorite wine? I um, noticed. This right here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was classy of sitting in my bedroom and have a bottle of wine. Um, I actually, I actually have a few. This is Halter Ranch, is out of Paso. So being in San Luis Obispo, I really got into wine. My best friend works for Jada Winery, which if you ever try that, it's amazing. There's smaller winery in in Paso, um, but their their reds are absolutely to die for. Um, Halter Ranch is great. That's their Syrah, which is my favorite. Um, the and. I'm telling you guys where to go wine tasting <laughs> when you go to Pathos. Halter is this awesome, huge barn, big windows. It's absolutely just a gorgeous place to go and taste and just kind of enjoy. That's like, you know, one of the best spots in Paso. Um, Dow is another good good favorite. So George Dow, um, obviously of Dow Wines, um, used to play in the Straight Down Fall Classic, which is a pro scratch we put on every year. Um, Cal Poly is a big part of running it. We always get a couple of big names, you know, um, Freddie Couples has played the past couple of years, um, Tom Lehman. There's a, there's a couple of really good good players every year. A lot of just like, you know, club pros, um, but Ricky Barnes has played. We get some good guys. Um, and George Dow I ended up catting for back when I was in college, and he is awesome. You're in Stout Winery, which is the highest winery in Paso. It's gorgeous. Got hooked on his wine. <laughs> um <laughs> And then there's this little town called Los Olivos. It's just south of San Luis Obispo. They have like one stop sign, not even stop light in the town, um, and like 20 tasting rooms down the main street. 
Um, so that's, it's an awesome, um, place to go spend the day. Um, my friends and I like to go there and there's, there's this vineyard called Stoltman's that does the San Giovese. That is just amazing. <laughs> you guys get me on wine. That's I can talk all day. <laughs> we'll make this a wine podcast. I think that's the next <laughs> move. This is a wine tasting in Alex's bedroom because, yeah. um, it's the coldest, darkest room in my house. So I keep my wine here. <laughs> I think what's your favorite wine? Um, I'm, I'm more of like a cheap guy. Um, uh, I actually couldn't tell you, um, kind of, I actually, you know, I really like a barefoot pink Moscato. Um, Okay. Um, okay, Have you tried the 19 crimes? I've not. I'm trying to get it. First off, try it. Second off, download the app because the wine bottle talks to you. Oh, oh. fancy party break when you start drinking. So much fun. <laughs> that sounds innovative as hell. Right? It's like the super uh, social anxiety when you go to a party. Like, here's my party trick. Don't actually talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be buying a bottle and just be letting it talk and drink wine at the same time. I like that. It's great. Yeah. It's creepy, but it's great. <laughs> now, my last question is, um, we're big fans of another world long drive competitor in the male section, Nick Kiefer. Um, if you do know him, of um, course. my question is, if you think you could beat him in a match, um, and then it's not that hard, Jackson beat him. <laughs> uh. The rule with the boys is I get a yard per pound of body weight difference. <laughs> So with that, I can totally beat them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my rule going against the boys. So I like going against the big boys because I get a little more. Keeper's <laughs> <laughs> um, great. He's he's one of the good ones on the tour. <laughs> Sean, do you have a question? I don't. You, I, your face uh... is. No. No, no question. No. I, well, I, I don't know. How, Nick said it was his. Why do you want to get me on? What? I said, how'd you guys find me? And why'd you want to get me on the podcast? Well, I noticed I noticed the follower like the other day. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say it was yesterday, but like, I mean, I just noticed. And then, I mean, I just, I was like, oh, this would be great. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I I don't have any other questions, but this, this was great. Um, you Cal Poly graduates are awesome i I must say um <laughs> thank you thank you for coming on it was it was a lot thank of fun you, for having me. you guys are um, great thank you thank you um, we will be here in the we will be at Coghill cheering you and nick kiefer on those are our two picks uh to win, <laughs> win it all um we already had a guarantee it moment from nick kiefer he's going to guarantee that he's going to win this year perfect um, so if you, do you want to guarantee that you're going to win this year? If I get my new equipment in, yes. Oh, nice. Okay, guaranteed it right here. <laughs> so, you heard it here first on golf. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited for this year. So last year, again, I hadn't competed for a year and a half. So I was using my equipment from 2018 going into Worlds of 19, um, which it was still pretty new because I hadn't competed. But at the same time, my swing had changed a bit. Um, I lost by nine yards to Phyllis Medi in the quarters um, with 3,900 RPMs of spin on my ball. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was my response too when I saw those numbers. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's definitely uh, not optimal for getting a maximum amount of distance. <laughs> um, so that was, I mean, looking at that, I'm, I'm very competitive still, even taking that time off and everything, you know, um, and so I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm looking at some new equipment right now. And if I can find the right stuff, I, I think I have a pretty good chance. All right. Well, so, hopefully we get a, uh, come and watch you compete. That'd be, that'd be pretty absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Otherwise we're drinking together. So <laughs> <laughs> works for me. Um, I'm, do you have any, what are your socials basically for people who want to, I'm going to link them at the, Perfect. in the description, but, um, Afil I mean, is my Instagram, which is like the one I really is. try and keep updated. Um, but if you go to swing like a girl um, that's kind of, I'm working on keeping that website updated and that has links to everything else too. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to, I'm going to end the recording here, but yeah, everyone go, go check out and root for Alex Phillips forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was awesome having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you guys.